0: You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Thanks for joining us for this Viva podcast. Today we'll be discussing the differences, indications, and advantages of composite hybrid CAD CAM materials. Our guest and expert in the field is Dr. Samuel Corey, a dentist in private practice in Fort Wayne, Indiana, specializing in high tech and cosmetic dentistry for over 25 years. Dr. Corey is a recurring guest on a local television show called Docs on Call to answer questions and educate the community about dentistry. Dr. Corey, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk.
1: Thank you, Phil. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So we're talking about something that's pretty timely because CAD CAM is becoming more and more integrated into the dental practices around the world, especially in the United States. Um, Can you tell us the difference between a hybrid and a composite CAD CAM block?
1: Yes, now we're talking about two totally different um, compositions here. When we talk about a composite block, we're talking about like VitaTemp or like an Ivoclar Helio block, which is strictly a PMMA provisional block, which is meant to be a long-term provisional, and they're rated to be up to three years, and, you know, there's some clinical indications for that. Um, we can go over that later. but. When you're talking about a true hybrid material, that's a totally different thing than a composite block. So a hybrid is broken down into two categories, which are nanoceramics and then a polymer infiltrated ceramic network or PICN um, for short. And those two are are the categories of a hybrid block, CAD-CAN block. And the differences between a, a hybrid block and and a composite block and what makes a hybrid block a long lasting restoration is they have these fillers that are usually glass or silica that make up about 80 percent content by weight um which give it the strength and the durability uh to last um we we really don't know how long they last fill i mean you know they've been in service for about a decade and they're still going strong. So, you know, we, we can compare them to ceramic restorations that we've been doing for 20-plus years. And from everything that I've seen clinically, um, they're holding up just as well.
0: Just as well as ceramic, you're saying?
1: Just as well as ceramic, if not better.
0: Wow. That's, that's, and, and you're saying the hybrids have been around for a decade already?
1: Yeah, hybrids have been around almost a decade, I would say, about eight to nine years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the confusing thing about, um, hybrids is, you know, when, a, when a doctor or a provider hears about, you know, composite restorations or a composite block, um, and that's the way that these companies name their hybrid material. For instance, um, you have Coltine, which has a brilliant Creos and, and they name their block reinforced composite. Um, so if you see that, you might think, well, this is just a composite block, but the name of the product has nothing to do with the composition of the product. That's just something that after they've gone through all the research and development and they spent the tons of money to test the product out, then someone in in PR or marketing decides what they're going to name this product. Um, and so it gets a little confusing when doctors think, well, I can't, you know, um, Bill to insurance for a ceramic product when it says clearly that the name of this is a reinforced composite, and it has nothing to do with that. Um, So as long as um, the product has over the majority of the of the content of the product is over fifty percent of silica or inorganic material, then you can you can call the material a ceramic product and bill it to insurance as a ceramic product.
0: Okay. Now, but when they advertise it as a reinforced composite, it's probably, they're talking about it as a hybrid, right? When they say reinforced. Okay. And that's. Yeah.
1: So that's, that falls into, so the majority of the hybrids fall into the category of the nanoceramics. So basically you have these small particles of silica ranging from 15 to 20 microns that are filled in with this matrix of polymer that give it about 80% by weight inorganic component. And and that's what that's what makes this uh, a hybrid material. You know, when you're looking at um, something like a glass ceramic or a lithium disilicate or a loose loose um, reinforced um, uh, glass ceramic, these things are much harder and more brittle than what we're talking about when we talk about a different class. this hybrid is a totally different class of block? Mm-hmm.
0: And are the majority of hybrid composite blocks out there? Nanoceramics do they fit into that category?
1: yeah, they do. They all they're all the same. they just they're named differently, like f- for instance, um, Ivoclar has one um, uh, Tetric, which they name aesthetic composite composite block GC has their sarasmart which which they name a hybrid nanoceramic, um, so they're all you know clever on how they want to name the product, but the name of the product has nothing to do with the composition of the product. Okay, and and what category that it falls under.
0: So, what's the best way for the dentist who's buying these to know exactly what category it's in?
1: Well, you you need to know your uh, composition of the product that you're looking at, and and most of the hybrids are pretty clear when you go onto their website or if you look at their brochures, they'll tell you exactly the content of what what makes this product up. You know, whether it's a barium. Glass or silica material. I mean, they, they break down specifically, you know, what the content of the block is and also how much by weight Mm -hmm. that the inorganic material is. So that way you can feel comfortable that you're not um, submitting anything to insurance that's not actually accurate. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I had a long conversation um, with the ADA about uh, almost going on a year ago about whether or not um, you can submit hybrid blocks. Um, as a ceramic restoration and and they confirmed that you can
0: oh you can okay
1: you can yeah so they consider as long as it's over like I said predominantly uh, a ceramic filler then you can submit these as ceramic restoration
0: right yeah I was hoping you said can because you
1: yeah oh yeah that would be a game changer if you couldn't
0: yeah because earlier in the podcast you said you could so I I was hoping you weren't doing anything the ADA doesn't uh, approve of which I'm sure you're not um so what kind? Of, tell us something about the indications for a hybrid composite block.
1: Well, I mean, it depends on the practice and what kind of practice you have. But, um, you know, I would say that if you're doing inlays or onlays, um, that's going to be predominantly what you're going to do with a hybrid block. Just, just out of um, convenience um, of the consistency of the material, the elastic modulus of the material compared to dentin. Um, you know, if, if you're going to be replacing dentin, you want to use a material that's very close in nature to dentin. Um, but it's also indicated you can do crowns, you can do, um, veneers with this material. You can do just about any clinical situation as you want with hybrid. The thing to be cautious of, um, is in the clinical situation, if you're working on a patient in the anterior region and they have, like, glazed E-max or some type of ceramic restoration that's been fired and glazed, it's going to maintain its gloss um, appearance. And you put a hybrid material that you can't fire. Um, and, and, you know, it's going to look significantly different. So you want to be careful in those clinical situations. Um, but if you have a patient who has composite restorations and, and you know, maybe cosmetics aren't the, the key role, or a primary thing that they're interested in, then you can you know, definitely um, do full coverage restorations in the anterior region with this material.
0: Yeah. What about the opposing arch as far as uh, not compatible with something that's much harder?
1: Um, you know, enamel is obviously very hard. You know, enamel is very brittle. Um, it's got a very hard flexural strength um, something comparable to what we would call a lithium desilicate or even a zirconia which is extremely brittle um, but when you put hybrids up against this material um, they wear long term very well um, but the nicest thing about the hybrid is not not opposing one of these um, zirconia crowns or emax crowns the nice thing is but when it's opposing a natural tooth enamel um, you don't get any wear on the opposing tooth or the antagonist because it's much kinder. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have a tendency to be a Bruxer or a Clincher, you, you want to definitely have a material that's not going to wear away your natural tooth. And that's one of the nice things where a hybrid can fall in.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. How do the major hybrid composite brands stand up to each other?
1: Well, like I said, you know, you have about 90% of them all fall into the same category, that nano nanoceramic. Um, and, you know, they're pretty much similar there's just little subtle differences that they all do and one one um, might make the difference might make the material a little more polishable and have a longer luster um, where it maintains its polish for a longer period of time um some of the others might be you know the size of the particle that they they use where you know it looks um uneven if you looked under uh, like an electron microscope at this product and that would be one of the things that take the luster away because it's not wearing evenly so to your eye it may not look as polished as it once did mm-hmm. um, but for the most part they're all pretty much similar except for um, a few that I've used that, that actually stand out and and one of the products that without endorsing anything Phil um, is is uh, Coltine Creos, that product um, I've used about every product that's out there. I've been doing CAD CAM for 20 plus years. Um, so I've been a beta tester um, for just about every product that's out there. Um, and so I'm very familiar with them all. And the one product that that stands out just a little above the others is, is uh, when you're talking about hybrids, is the Brilliant Criose by Colteen because it polishes um, just a little nicer and it maintains its polish. And it's a little bit, Um, harder. If we want to get into the actual um, um, clinical criteria of of the block, I mean, it has a flexural strength that's just a little bit harder than the other hybrid materials, which means that it's not going to fracture as easily as some of the
0: others. Yeah. And so just for our listeners, so they uh, could could clearly know which product you're talking about, uh, Brilliant Creos is what it's called. And I, I believe... The last part of that is C R I O S. Brilliant. Yes. Creos. Brilliant Creos. Yes. Yeah. And you've tested, you know, there's a bunch of them out there, right? Sarah Smart, there's Shofu, there's Lava Ultimate. There's a whole bunch out there.
1: Yeah. We we've chat we've tested um uh, you know, there's Tetric, which is very similar um, by Ivoclar, GC has Sarah Smart, Shofu has its own block, Vita has Enamic. So there's there's several out there. I'm sure you've heard of Lava, which um, so they don't They don't endorse um, doing crowns with that right. material anymore because of, you know, the debonding mm-hmm. that they had with that product.
0: But, right. So um, um, the advantages, if you can do it in an, a short period of time as we wrap up this podcast, I know we're going to have you on future ones. You're going to be doing one on adhesion and looting um, coming up soon. Uh, we're excited about that one. Any special advantages of utilizing hybrid materials like this? Uh, that you can tell us
1: yeah so we, you know like we kind of touched on before uh phil when when you're doing an onlay um basically you're cutting away the majority of what you're treating is you're removing you know decayed dentin um, you're removing either an existing um, restoration or if it's just fresh decay and you're cutting away the dentin out of the tooth to where you get to healthy dentin and you're leaving about 40 to 50% of the t- the natural enamel intact. You know, so it would just make sense that if you're removing Denton, what you would want to replace in a material is something that is close to Denton as possible. And that's where the hybrid materials fall into place. Um, they have a lower manufacturing cost. Um, it's, it's, it's quicker to mill a hybrid block than it is to mill like a lithium to block. Much quicker, much easier on your milling unit, uh, much, uh, less expensive to keep replacing your diamonds. Another clinical advantage of a hybrid block is they're easily repaired. Um, if you're using a glass ceramic, uh, like a lucite reinforced ceramic, um, something like a material like, uh, Empress, um, which is a very nice material. I'm not gonna down any any product, but if you're using that material for an onlay and something were to happen, if the tooth were to chip or or if the ceramic were to chip, and even if it was just a just a tiny micro fracture or chip, you would have to take out the whole restoration and replace it. Whereas with a hybrid block, you would treat it just like a composite, a direct composite, and repair it. And that is a huge advantage for these this material.
0: Yeah, no, it sounds like it. So. As far as disadvantages go you can 't get it to get the the, bright, the brilliance you 're saying as as you can with something you can fire
1: right right i mean the, the, the disadvantage and and this is again what I would say it's a clinical case by case situation. Um, it could be a disadvantage if you 're working on a patient who has um, porcelain fused to metal or some other type of all ceramic, uh, restoration that has been fired and glazed and you put a hybrid next to it. You know, when it's wet, it looks great, Phil. You know, just like anything else in your mouth, you know, if saliva's on it and it glistens and it's wet. It looks great. But when it gets dry, if you're smiling for a prolonged period of time and, and the tooth happens to dry, the glazed material is still going to have a sheen to it. Whereas the unglazed material is not and it's right. going to it's going to be obvious to patients when they see that. You know, so that's where you know case by case if if the patient does have a few large composites in their anterior region and they're not ready to do that full what we call, you know, cosmetic makeover smile and and they just want to you know they need one tooth that's needs to be replaced by a crown then it's definitely um it's one of the things that's in your toolbox where you can pull out your hybrid block and use that
0: Yeah, that's been great information, Dr. Corey. We appreciate it very much. Thanks for being on this podcast, and we'll have you on an upcoming one very shortly. Thank you so much. Thank you, Phil.